for a life-changing, powerful message with Pastor King Rose. Also, you can always purchase the CD after the service.
your name. This morning we acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. There's no God like our God in the face of this earth, in the heaven or in the earth. And so we salute him. We hail him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hail Jesus, you're my King. Give him praise one more time. 
Well, it's that time once again for a weekly tithes and offering. To all of our guests, there is no pressure on you to have to participate, but if you desire to support our ministry, it will be greatly appreciated. Well, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 7 and 8, and here we find the purpose on why we give. It says, so let each one give as they purpose in their heart, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loves that you're forgiven. So even, even the tithe and the offering should come from this place, a purposeful uh, offering, a, pur a purposeful giving, uh, not something of grudgingness or of necessity. And then it says that when we give this way out of uh, purpose, out of honor, out of thankfulness, out of that kind of a heart, God gives us spiritual promises that he is able to make all grace abound towards us, that we have all sufficiency, having no need to require aid, or we're able to perform and do all the good works that we desire to do for God, or that God wills for our life because of his sufficiency flowing to, uh, through our lives. And the Bible also teaches that first there's the natural, then, then there's the spiritual. And that's the faith life all the way. That we are, in one sense, a natural people. We have a spirit and a soul, and we live in this body. So the things that we do, on the many cases, first come from this natural place. And so when, when it says that things are first natural and then spiritual, there must be a an, natural act on our part uh, that we do what we can do, and God does what we cannot do. So faith starts out that way. There must be that natural act of our faith and God does what we cannot do. This is what giving is all about. Giving in one sense practically is a natural thing that we're doing but then there's this spiritual implication. There's that practical but then there's the spiritual. So thank God for all of you who do support the ministry. And so at this time let's pray together as we offer our gifts. Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now and we worship you as we bring the tithes and offering. We thank you for the many promises that you have and that you have given your people uh, in your word that which you have spoken. We thank you for the windows of heaven open, your blessings being poured out upon us. You helping us overcome, Lord, all the wiles of the, of, of the enemy, that you raise up a standard against him and that everything is working together for our good according to your purpose and promise because Lord we love you and we thank you for helping us we thank you for helping us with our needs in Jesus name Amen Greetings in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Good morning, everyone. And once again, we're streaming this week. Uh, if you don't know already, if you're a guest 
con connecting in with us. Uh, we just want to let you know what's going on. This we we um, we're moving into a new facility. Praise the Lord and and uh, a lot of work has been going on for the last several weeks, and we're we're getting down to the wire. So the plans are is that uh, this coming Sunday we're planning to to have that as our grand opening. Uh, so we're trying to get it uh, get get the majority of the the major things done, and there may there may probably be a few things that are done left. Uh, that we may need to do, but we're trying to get everything done. Uh, things are progressing along, of course, you know, and things like this, not as fast as I like them to be, but uh, th they are happening, and we're thankful for all the the people who are helping, uh, you know, the, the, uh, how God has opened up doors and people coming forth helping us with skill sets to get these things done. So welcome, everybody, uh, to uh, our Sunday morning live. We're having it live here. Thank God for technology where we can still connect and and uh, yeah, have fellowship, minister the word, and connect with one another. Uh, before we, before we get, get into the word of God, the teaching for this morning, <clears throat> just want to make sure, encourage everyone, that if you have not given already your tithes, your offering, please do so. So whatever you are going to give, if we were physically in the building today, please go online and uh, do that so that uh, we can keep you know, our, our budget and our, our finances moving forward as they ought to be. Uh, why don't you grab your Bibles and or, or your device in which you have your, your the Bible? You know, I have uh, you know the traditional Bible here. I have my iPad here, and uh, this morning we are already uh, in this new year. So this morning, going to continue in that theme, just really preparing our hearts and our minds uh, as we're going into this new year. I've been we 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 ended 2018 talking about faith, coming into this year, uh, you know, talking about our faith towards God. And uh, this morning, I want to just cover some practical things on what that looks like, living that, that faithful life. Uh, I entitled this teaching, you know, uh, you know the Bible ways uh, that we should live, you know, in a quality way. So I'm just going to highlight maybe about three uh, spiritual, practical principles about how to live a, a better quality life in our relationship with Jesus Christ as we go into this year. The other thing I would like to, to um, share before... I pray <clears throat> is that it is our tradition that at the beginning of the year that we as a church, we call a time of, of coming together and, and fasting and praying. So I, I want to encourage everyone to take this time. You can, you know, if you, if you, you know, want to strive with me in, <laughs> in this, and um, I'm, I'm going to be doing a 21-day time of consecration, and I, I want to focus to be this year on your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, so if there's things in your life, if you're weak in any areas in your life, take this time to consecrate yourself before the Lord. And I, whether it's taking three days, maybe some of you have never fasted before as a Christian, and, and, um, but you should. You gotta learn how to fast as part of the Christian life. And, and I'm not going to take this time, maybe on a, a, coming up here shortly, I'll take some time and teach on um, the, what biblical fasting is all about. We know that fasting in itself doesn't change God. It's more, mainly for us to change us, to quiet ourselves down and get ourselves in tune before the Lord. 
So I want to I want to encourage you to over the next few days, if you want to do a 21 day fast, I encourage you to do that. And of course, you got to do it with wisdom because you're out there working. You got things that you you know you probably have to, uh, you're responsible in your work life. So you can, there are several several ways you can you can fast as you consecrate yourself before the Lord. Uh, one of the ways is you know you can cut out all the sweet stuff. You know, say I'm not gonna you know all the sweet stuff is is, is I'm, on the next 21 days or three days. I'm not gonna eat anything sweet. I'm not gonna do any entertainment. You know, watch my favorite shows out there. Get you know on the on the television doing the entertaining thing. You can cut the television out for three days or 21 days. Uh, you can go on what they call the Daniel fast, where you're, uh, which in, in one sense is it's a healthy diet uh, where you're you're just eating, you know, the essential things, you know, fruits and vegetables, and you know, um, and you know, and protein, you know, certain uh, healthy proteins, etc., and uh, drinking more water than sugar drinks and things like that. So there's ways you can you can do that where you can say I'm going to cut these things and dedicate this time. Uh, before before the Lord, and I want you to focus on your relationship, strengthening your relationship with God, and just searching your heart before Him, and and listening for what God is saying to you about what you need to do to come up and live a better quality life uh, in your relationship with Him. And so that's that start. You, you'll see our banner come out and encouraging people uh, on, the, on the time frame, so you can start tomorrow. Uh, or you know, or if you want to start in sync with us, you can start tomorrow. Or I, I encourage you. If this is your first time. Well, you know, I, I'm, I got to get my mind right. I got to get prepared. Well, well, start this week. Start you know by this coming Sunday. So I want to encourage you in in that that we are going to we are entering in that time to consecrate ourselves uh, be, before the Lord, and that's would be the focus right there. Our relationship with Christ, searching our hearts before Him. And learning and just increasing our hearing, listening to what God is saying to us so that we can arise and, you know, ascend to a better quality life in 2019. So let's pray together as we get into the teaching for this morning. Heavenly Father, as we come together, Lord, we come and we give you thanks. We give you praise and we thank you for your broken body and your shed blood. Lord, we take it not for granted. I take it not for granted. For without you, we have nothing. We can do nothing. I thank you for the great promise of the Father. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit, whom you have sent in your name, Jesus, to help us, to lead us, to guide us into all that is true. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, our great teacher, our great leader, our guider, our comforter, our advocate. <clears throat> may we may we hearken and and, and hear your voice, and may we not muzzle it out. And Lord, I, I pray for all who are listening, who are tuning in, Lord, that we be not hearers only, but doers at the highest level. And Lord, as, as, I, as I sit here this morning, Lord, to declare your truth, I thank you for the illumination, the revelation, the insight, Lord, that, Lord, as I speak forth, I speak forth, Lord, Lord, with your assistance, Lord, your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. So we come on, say it with me. Say, I believe the word of God. Come on, let's say it again. Say, I believe the word of God. Come on, let's say it one more time. Say, I believe the word of God and it is changing my life. Oh, yes, it will. If you let it. There's so much going on in this world today. We are as we're witnessing as the scriptures reign true. 
Jesus uh, declared prophetically. He gave us insight, the Holy Spirit warning us and helping us on how we should live in these last days. The Bible declares that these are the last days. And one of the things that we are going to have to do as those who profess to say we, say, we say we know Christ, we say we follow Christ, is we have to guard our heart and not allow ourselves to become lethargic spiritually, that we, that we allow ourselves to get so occupied with the things of this world that we, that we just revert and be just natural-minded people. And we know very clearly in, in Scripture that uh, the, the natural-mindedness makes its enemy against God. So, you know, our lifestyle is to be spiritually-minded, you know, learning to be spiritually-minded. And so in this teaching, I'm going to talk about, about three practical uh, spiritual things that we should be doing to really uh, develop and increase a quality relationship that we, that we have with Jesus Christ. And if your relationship is not on a quality level, it, it should be. And so the word quality in itself means a high level of value or excellence. So we're talking about putting a greater premium on, on Christ, a, a greater premium on the things of God, not the things of the world. You know, 1 John you know, talks about love not the world, neither the things in the world. For if any person, any man, any woman loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. All that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh is not of the Father and, and is passing away with the world. And so we, we have to put a greater, higher premium on our relationship with, with, with Christ, with God, more than anything. And when you find, and when, when a person does that, they will find the great reward in that. And it's like the, the pearl of great price that's hidden. You know, it's like that precious you know, uh, thing that one finds that's hidden and goes sells all they have for it. Well, see, that's how you have to value your relationship with, with, with him. See, experiencing him requires, you know, a personal ongo ongoing relationship. Uh, it requires all of me. It requires my focus. It requires my consciousness, my thoughts, my thought life daily. You're daily, you know, having the consciousness saying, I'm his, I'm an ambassador of Christ and constantly being developed, allowing the Holy Spirit to develop your life. See, that's, that's the Christian life. I'm talking about getting, uh, getting better, being more of a quality believer in these last days. Not, a, not and so, because there's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of division. There's a lot of vitriol that's being spewed out. Uh, everybody is talking. Um, uh, here we, are, we, we have now our leaders uh, our so-called leaders who are supposed to be leading our nation from the Senate to the House to the White House to the Supreme Court to, you know, you look at where all our leaders to the governor's office to the local city council office all the way down from law enforcement to education to the medical side to the technology. We, we're supposed to have our, our leaders and, and, and we think it's okay to stand up and be vulgar and be disrespectful and be dishonored. See, that's the world. The world is passing away, and we got to make sure as ambassadors of Christ that we're not caught up into that. So uh, turn to John chapter 17, one of the first uh, practical spiritual principles I want to center in on right now and building that a better quality relationship with, with Christ that's, that's scriptural is, number one, that your relationship with God must be your top priority in 2019 and 2020. I mean, every day. It doesn't, it's, we're not doing, this is not a New Year's resolution. 
<laughs> this should be the lifestyle of the believer, that God, my, my relationship with Christ must be my top uh, priority. See, everything in the Christian life, everything about the Christian life, everything about experiencing him, every, everything about knowing him depends on the quality of relationship I'm going to have with Jesus Christ. It, it depends on that because without, without Christ, we have no relationship with God. And I'll, I'll say this again because the scripture support it. This is not just King Rhodes' you know, opinion. This is, this is Bible. This is, uh, this is what has been declared by God himself through Christ Jesus himself, expressed by the Holy Spirit. There is only one mediator between man and God, and that is Jesus Christ. That means there is no, re there is no quality relationship with God. There is no relationship with God except through Jesus Christ. That means without Christ, how can my prayers ascend into the, you know, the ears of God? How can I even have a relationship with God without Jesus Christ? John 17 verse 3 says this, and this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. See, that's, that's one of the top goals in our life, and that is to know God and Jesus Christ, because that's eternal life. Because without Christ, there is no life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection in life. See, without, he is the, the essence of life. There was not anything made that was made without him. He was there in the beginning. He was before the beginning. Scriptures support that from Genesis to, to Revelation. Let's add another verse to that. Uh, Matthew 6, because we're talking about that, that first key uh, principle there, that, that practical one, that my relationship with God, my relationship with Jesus Christ must be my top priority. And I know we have some priorities. Trust me, anybody that knows me, I'm constantly, <laughs> you know, busy, you know, working and serving and, and going and doing. And so for me on my list, everything is a priority. So I have to prioritize my priorities, <laughs> and, but, but my relationship with Christ and my family needs to be at the top. See, that's the top. It's not like, you know, they're competing against one another because when I'm right with God, then I'll be right towards my, my house. So those, those should be your top priorities coming into this year. You can't, we can't let that slack. And, we can't, we, and if, we, if we do slack, and we find ourselves slipping, thank God we have an advocate. Thank God for the blood of Jesus that, that washes away my sins and purges my conscience from dead work. Thank God I have the Holy Spirit, the, the great comforter, the advocate, that, that I can come to him and ask him for forgiveness. Lord, forgive me of my transgression. But see, you have to be humble. You have to acknowledge that you have sinned. You have to acknowledge that you have transgressed in order for you to receive forgiveness. We know Christ has already provided redemption for us and justification. And see, that's the faith life. And so that must be, see, my relationship with God must be a priority. See, and, and if it's not, your relationship is not going to be on a quality level. So Matthew 6, says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added uh, to you. And see, it, it's amazing how when we look at the time as human beings, especially here in America, that we spend the majority of people, adults, 
you know, it's another thing we talk about the children, the youth, and you know, you, children they want to play. You know, <laughs> you know they want to, you know, they got, they got, they want to play, have fun, because you know, young, the young-minded person, the the childlike mind person, for for the most part, they live by the moment. <laughs> They're not thinking about, in essence, tomorrow. <laughs> They're thinking about right here, right now. But I'm talking to us mature adults, for the most part. When you look at the world, the majority of our time is spent uh, in the marketplace. Because if we don't work, <laughs> we don't eat. If we don't work, you know, we, how can we put the, the, the shelter over our head and the vehicles that we drive and the clothes that we wear and the food that we eat, etc. See, so most of our time, for the most part, is spent in the marketplace. And, and, and so we're talking about making sure our relationship with God is even priority over that. <laughs> <laughs> so that I know I have to work because <laughs> I, I, I won't eat. And the Bible supports that if we don't work, we don't eat. It's just the way because we're in the earthly system that has fallen, uh, you know, uh, into this state. And so while we here, part of it, we have to occupy until he comes. We have to work. But at, in essence, my relationship with God must be priority even over that. So I have to learn how to you know, keep and build and excel and develop and walk with God properly. It's, and we walk with him by faith, building, having a quality relationship so that when I'm in the marketplace, you know, I'm always putting God first. And see, and he, see, the Lord helps us live that balanced life. It's the Holy Spirit who's our helper, gives us the wisdom, gives us the insight where we don't burn ourselves out necessarily. Because every time we go out and we exert our energy like that, some, some people are doing 50, 60, 80 hours in a week, and they're in the marketplace. And by the time they, they come home or they, they, they stop for a moment to reflect, they're exhausted. They're, they're tired. And it's amazing how people get that second win after working 80 hours in a week. And then they go out and they entertain themselves for another so many hours. And, and they find the time to do all these other things, get in relationships and, you know, do things, hang out. And I don't have time to spend time with God. No, see, we got to reverse all that. We gotta, and it starts right here in, in, in our thinking. We have, to, we, have to, we have to see, remember that definition I gave of quality? A high level of value or excellence. See, we got to put a high premium on that relation, our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we have to focus. That has to be part of a focus, focus on, uh, focusing on, on, on him. You know, God is saying when God, when we read verses like for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, which see God is saying to us from Genesis to Revelation that he, 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 he loves us and he loves us above everything else. And you say, well, why? Well, how's that so? Sometimes I don't feel, people say, sometimes I just don't feel love. And we feel that way because what man has done to us, the relationship, you know, coming up, you know, how, how mankind, you know, the, you know, you know, poor relationships that we get ourselves into, some of them um, was by default. They were out of our control. We were born into them. <laughs> and then as we grew up, we had to make choices to make changes. But see, God uh, have put a high premium on us. All of this, come on, come on with me, come on, praise God. I, woo, I say, I'm getting excited now. All of this right here, when we read it, all of this that God's word we see in here from Genesis to Revelation, God is exerting all of his power for us. Now that's just, that's just, that's just awesome. That's how much God loves us. Even when 
He knew, he saw King Rhodes down there. He saw that I, I, was, gonna, I was born into sin. I, I will reject him for a time, but yet he, God knows everyone who would choose him. He's not up there you know, playing a checker and chess game and says, I like you, but I don't like you. I'm going to make him choose me and I'm going to make... No, God knows who has exercised their will in the midst of, of the, the, the lives we were born into and chose him. He foreknew and he foreknows. And so God is saying, you know, he, he loves us and God wants the best for us and God wants uh, the, the ultimate relationship with us. And I like to say that, you know, the highest is a, is a statement. I want you to listen to this statement. To be loved by God is the highest relationship, the highest achievement, and the highest position in life. I believe that with all my heart. That the, It's not to be the, the head of that company. That, and that's, that's fine in the earth realm. But see, the earth is passing away. And that may be an achievement, but that's not the highest achievement. See, there's the highest achievement that I'm ever going to achieve in my life is not all the people I help and, you know, the things I accomplish and, you know, the medals I receive, the, the certificates and the plaques on the wall and the, the accolades that I may have received. No, it's going to be the highest level of achievement is to be loved by God and to know it, that God loves me and to, and to have a, a right quality relationship with him is the highest achievement in life. And you know, it's going to take a lifetime to learn how to walk with God. It's going to take a lifetime. And that should be your, your, your number one top priority every day to live your life until we're seeing him face to face. Because you know that each day is, people are, are, the Bible says it's appointed unto man wants to die. We don't know how long we're going to be on the earth. My desire is to live a full life and to finish well. And may the Lord grant me that. You know, that's my desire. When I read in the Bible, people like Abraham and the, and the early forefathers and how, you know, they, they, they were not perfect, but yet how when, it came, when death was upon them, how they were able to call their families together and, and bless them and transfer blessing and speak that, that word of wisdom to them and then lie down and just, you know, give up the spirit. See, that's, see, that's an awesome way to, to finish life. We see people like Paul who through the trials and the, the tribulations and all the things that he suffered, that was his journey. Yet, you know, in the end, you know, he said, I fought the good fight. <laughs> he says, I'm, I'm a finished well. See, that's what I'm talking about. May the Lord grant us that. Uh, and, and that's what, what you want to strive for in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so not only uh, having a, a quality relationship with, uh, with Christ is being loved by God and we're loving, learning to love him back. It's also where we will experience total freedom. When we're in fellowship, proper, healthy fellowship with God, that's where freedom comes. Well, people think, well, I'm an American, so this is the land of the free. Well, yeah, yeah, we say it's the land of the free, but are we really free? If, if, you, if, you, if you don't know Christ and you don't have a relationship, a quality relationship with Christ, are you really free? You know, see, because total freedom is when, you're, when your relationship with Christ is, is quality and you have a genuine relationship with God through three, Jesus Christ. See, that's where real freedom uh, comes. Now, I want you to turn to John 8, verse 31. John 8 and verse 31. And I, I like to in, interject here that see when God speaks to us, he gives us commands in the word. He's, you know, we see 
you know, the people people get real religious with the the do's and and the don'ts. And no, no, it's not about the do's and the don'ts. See, when God speaks and He gives us command, see, He's trying. See, that's God's word protecting us and preserving us. God knows what's best, and we got to learn. We have to learn in our life what's best for for our for our lives here on the earth. And see, a lot of times, most people don't know what's best. We think we do. And we strive, we, we get on, you know, we get on these internet searches and, and we try to find them. People go, what's, what's, people search, what's best for my life? <laughs> we can do all that, but see, God knows what's best for his creation. And we have to learn and take up the mind of God. Now, John chapter 8, verse 31, see, God is not trying to restrict us. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Now, we're still building on that first practical spiritual principle. My relationship with God must be my top priority. So here's Jesus saying to those Jews, and it's not just to those Jews, it's to us today. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. See, that, that's what makes me, or that's a, a, a validator of, am I truly a disciple of Christ? Do I truly have a, a, a authentic relationship with him? Well, it's not just, or am I, like we were talking about last week and the week before, about uh, James talked about that faith without works is dead, that a faith that just says something is not really faith. Just because I say that I follow God and I say that I love God and I say, I mean, it's good, we've got to have the saying, but I also have to have the doing. And see, and, and that's, a, that's a whole nother subject to get in where people now take, you know, nowadays we're taking the message of grace and they're kind of in a very fancy way are, are trying to say that you can just have a saying and not a doing in some of this reshaped great grace message, messages that are being put out today. So it's like a very fancy and subtle and crafty way where they're packaging uh, this newfound message saying that, okay, you can just say something, but you don't have to do something. Because, you know, God doesn't care about that anymore because his blood washed all your sins away, so it doesn't matter now. It's something to the effect like that. And it's spewed out in many different ways. But that's not the case. Because James is saying that a faith or a person who says they have faith and has no works to back that up is just a saying. And that's not true biblical faith. That's not the kind of faith that's going to move a mountain. That's not the kind of faith that's got, you know, that's, that as the Bible says, the just shall live by. So it's a faith that's producing. It's a faith that's a, that's a faithfulness. And so he says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. So that's part of the indicator of a quality relationship that I, you know, I'm abiding in his word. And it takes a lifetime, you know, to, to, to comprehend and to, as you read the word, as you hear it be, being preached, that's why uh, being, you know, being part of a fellowship. The Bible says don't, uh, the, the, don't forsake the assemblies of yourself, even so much as you see the day approaching. That's why being part of a good church that, that teaches the, the Bible, not just have, you know, not, not church, I'll go to church because they got great programs. You know, programs can come and go. You know, we, we, we may sometimes have great programs and may not have great programs. But the real reason why you should be part of the church, first of all, we are the church, the people. It's not the building. It's the people. This is why we are having church right now because the people are connecting together here. The building doesn't make the church. It's the people. And so but we gather into the church building, etc. But see, so, you know, the real reason why we come to church or are part of the church is one to please God. 
And see, we are the church. And see, to iron sharpening iron, to build our faith, uh, to, to, to not forsake the assembly, to, you know, to um, you know, preach the word and to obey God. There's many verses in the script that talks about the function of the church and how we should minister one to another. Verse 32, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. See, that's, see the freedom comes when your relationship with God is, is in the right place and it's in a healthy place. That's true freedom. It says that when you abide in his word, we are his disciples and we shall know the truth and the truth is what makes us free. The truth should makes us free. Not so much because I was born in America, the land of the free. Oh, say, can you know how we, you know, we say the land of the free and some, and we, and we our pride and joy, but are we really free? So many people are trying to come to this country to, for a better life. But, and, but when they get here, do they find that better life? Because really, the essence of life is Christ himself. He is the resurrection of life. And yes, I get it. You know, uh, people are trying to get out of uh, one bad situation and think and believe, okay, the grass is going to be greener on the other side. And for, for the most part, a lot who try, who gets here, you know, it's, it's not greener on the other side. They, it, it just opens up new challenges. So, so our concept today in the human life of freedom is really far off base. You know, we think well, I'm free because I can do what I want. But are we really free? True freedom comes when you have a right relationship with Jesus Christ. See, and, and again, I'll, I'll interject here that, again, in these verses says that the only way to that relationship is through Christ. To God is through Christ. Knowing him comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now turn to John uh, chapter 1, verse 12. Let's add another verse to this, to this one here. John chapter 1 and uh, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. See, that right comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is how I have a relationship with God. It's that, see, even, see, as, even we're, as human beings, we're so uh, pitiful in ourselves that God has to help me or open me up to even hear his voice. This is no man can come to him except he's led by the Holy Spirit. So we need his help to even have this relationship with him. And God wants it, as I pointed out. See, that's the highest achievement in life is to be loved by God and learning to love him back and having a healthy relationship with him. This is what God wants. He's, ex he's exerting all of his power for this. <laughs> this is amazing. God loves us that much. And, and we say, and I say again, come, Lord Jesus, come. Do not delay. Lord, you don't, you don't have to delay. Lord, I say come. I join in with the many saints, and I say come, Lord Jesus, come. So our, our first priority then is to love him. That's part of having our, uh, a solid priority, uh, prior, prioritized relationship with Christ. It's to learning to love God, loving him back properly. We know God loves us, but we have to learn to love him. 1 John 1.12 says, for as many as received him, to them he gave the right. See, th that first part, receiving him, and he gives the right to be his children. See, and until you are right, until you are right, you don't have the right. <laughs> see, we got to be right with God to have the right. You know, so it's amazing how we see some of these, these um, House of Representatives and these senators and these politicians get out there and try to quote the Bible and speak for the church. See, we, ca we, we got to stop letting that happen. 
and, and they using it for, and they totally misquote the scripture and, you know, Jesus was a refugee. Come on now. <laughs> no, Jesus was the son of God. <laughs> you know, it, it, uh, just the, the most absurd things, people just trying to, to justify some political, you know, uh, you know, gang they want. We shouldn't, we got we to gotta stop letting that happen. So it, it's our responsibility to declare the truth. So we got to be like the Davids in the, in, in the day where you hear the Goliath defying God and we stand up and say, well, who is this uncircumcised Philistine as we stand up and we, we speak forth the truth? See, that's our power. That's our authority that Christ has uh, given to the church. So our first priority is to love him. Now, let's look at John 12, um, uh, excuse me, John 14 and 24. John 14 and 24. You're, you're, you're doing okay out there? You're, you're, you're conscious? Are you, are you conscious? Are you, are you hearing? You got your spiritual ear on, your heart's open, you're listening intently, you're feeding on, we're feeding on the word of God right now. John 14 and 24, it says, he who does not love me, now listen to, listen to Jesus, these are words of, of, of Christ, he who does not love me does not keep my words. Now, wow. You, now, you see the verses we read earlier, it says, Jesus said to the Jews who believe, if you abide in my word, you are my disciple, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, these verses, again, support what I'm saying here uh, about the importance of our relationship with Christ and having a quality one, an authentic one. He who does, it says, he who does not love me. Now, our, our priority, our first priority is to love him, learn to love him. But the Bible says if we don't love him, and it says that it says he who does not love me does not keep my words. So Jesus is pointing out that one of the ways if people are not keeping his word, it doesn't matter what they say. If they're not doing and keeping his word, they don't love him. Now, that's that's not what well, King Rhodes made that up. No, I, I made these are the words of Christ and I believe them. And this is the challenge we should all put on ourselves and judging ourselves on a regular basis. I'm constantly judging myself. You know, it says judge yourself so that you don't be judged before you go out, go out and try to, you know, move something out of, you know, deal with other people's life. It's amazing how people are so quick to talk about everybody. Look, look at them. Look at her. Look at that. You know, why don't you look at yourself? Judge yourself first so that then you can see clearly how to speak to others. And I assure you that when you humbly and you go before God, and especially in this time of consecration, go before God. Judge yourself. Search your heart. You know, uh, deal with your relationship with Christ during this time and come out even stronger and better. And, so, and I assure you that when you, when you come before Christ like that and you start judging yourself, you, you won't be so quick to be judging some others. You'll be humble because you'll be grateful for forgiveness yourself. <laughs> and th- you'll find out that, you know, what, you know what, you're not just as strong all the time as you think you were. Because everybody has a weakness in their flesh. We all have areas of weakness that we need to get out of our lives and strengthen through Christ. That's all of us. And if, and if, and if you say you don't, then you're, you're, you're being a liar. Because we all have this flesh and, and you give it an inch, it'll take 10,000 miles. And so we have to constantly fight this good fight of faith this, uh, and live in the spirit and not in the flesh. So that's our priority. And Jesus is, is warning us here, exhorting us here and giving us uh, some insight saying that if we love him, we will keep his word. We, if we don't uh, uh, keep his word, we don't love him. And the word which you hear is not mine's, but the father's who sent me. So when Jesus speaks to us, he's the, we can say like this, the representative of the father, the Godhead. 
The Bible supports this in the New Testament. It says that everything has been invested in Jesus Christ. The Godhead is, is, has invested everything in Christ. Jesus Christ has, has been exalted on high. That's part of what that means. He's exalted. He's the, he's the face of God, the voice of God, the word of God. Come on now. So that means you don't deal with God without Jesus. Now that's, now that's going to rattle some folks' cages. Huh? <laughs> you, you can't deal with God without Jesus Christ. You can't circumvent Christ. You can't jump over Jesus' head and say, I'm going to talk to one of the saints. It's not going to work that way. Now you may be talking to a demon, but not, not, not God, another type of God. So without Christ, there's no dealings with God. God says, you know, I'm going to have a relationship with you through Jesus Christ. Then that's the way he set this up. And the day is coming where we're going to see him face to face. So we have to learn. Here's what I want to add. Not only do we have to learn to love him as a first priority, we have to learn to think the way God wants us to think. And that's another thing that gets a lot of people in trouble is just their thinking is not in the right place. And Jesus taught about the principle that it's not what goes in that defiles the person. It's what comes out of them that defiles them. So we got we to make sure that what's going in is the right things. Not so, and he's not talking about just, we know that even if you eat the wrong kind of foods, it's going to defile the body. I mean, there's a lot of studies and research out there about the type of foods that we eat uh, compared to the nation here, uh, uh, America, to other nations and other continents in the world, uh, that if you look at the difference in diets, uh, and there's, there's evidence out there about, you know, what effects it has on the body with the things we eat. Even so, uh, even so, when it comes to spiritual food, <laughs> see, when we feed on the word of God. So, and part of um, uh, that is watching what we think, not allowing ourselves just to think any types of thoughts. So we have to adjust. See, it's about adjusting uh, our ways to the mind of Christ. Not God, you need to come down and adjust your ways to my ideas. My, my ideals are superior. I think I know what's best for my life. No, it's about adjusting our viewpoints. See, right now, I mean, people got their own viewpoints. And this is, this is I would have to say, one of the true difference between a, a, an ambassador of Christ or a person like myself. Uh, I, I say one of my attributes is why I don't, get, I don't get in a lot of these, try not to get in a lot of these heated viewpoint type of debates, especially about politics. Because when it's all said and done, my viewpoint is coming from, I'm striving to have a viewpoint that's being driven from above, not earthly or central here in this earth realm. So, so it's not so much me making judgments based upon the things that I'm actually seeing in the physical world. Because we got to learn how to see the way God sees. And for an example, you know, when uh, God told the prophet, the, uh, Samuel to go down and he says, I have rejected Saul. And then, but see, Saul still had uh, a thing. I mean, uh, Samuel still had a thing for Saul because in one sense, Saul, Samuel was still, you know, he, he loves uh, uh, Saul. Samuel loved Saul. And so the, he was a little bit bothered by when, when the Lord said, I have rejected him. He says, go down and anoint uh, another to be king, and I'll show you who that is. He, said, down to the, he went down to uh, uh, the house of Jesse, and, and all his sons was coming out, and then, you know, Sam, hey, this surely has to be the one, because why? He, he looked apart. See, we have to learn how to see the way God sees, and all his sons come out, and the Lord says, no, not one of them 
And he says, well, they, do you have another son? And he said, yeah, we got a young one out in the field, a little ruddy boy. He's out there, you know, tending to the sheep. He said, bring him in. And the Lord said, that's the one. So we have to learn how to see the way God sees. And see, so many today dry, let their viewpoint be driven by what some news, you know, on tell, they, they sit up, we sit up and watch these, these news networks that are not news. They're spewing out lies twisted information to, 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 and their portals for certain individuals' viewpoints. See, we have to let our viewpoints be driven by God. So that's part of learning to think the way God thinks. And I think a lot of people don't think the way God thinks because their viewpoints are being der derived from the wrong place. And it, our viewpoints should come from the Word of God. So you ever be in a conversation with me, the root of what I'm talking to you about, I don't care what it is. I mean, we can talk about football. I'm still going to be rooted in the word because I, I want him, the Holy Spirit, his word to drive my viewpoint. And doing that, you adjust to his, not him saying you got to adjust to mine. So you got and then you also have to adjust your ways to be like his ways. So in learning to think the way the, the way God thinks is that you have to always adjust yourself to to his word. You have to always be working to adjust your viewpoints. Your perceptions got to be healthy and right. You have to learn to adjust your ways to his ways. So that's all part of building this relationship quality with God. And here we are in the teaching mode and we're breaking this out. But so this, is, this should be happening in our life, you know, checking our thoughts. If our thoughts are off, we should check them. I cast that thought down in the name of Jesus. The Bible even talks about pulling down strongholds. That word stronghold in the Greek means mental, it's like a mental thought castle. Something that has built up such uh, strongly as a thought that may have become a belief. And it's like a fortress in the side of the person. It's a thought castle, a thought fortress that needs to be pulled down by the power of Christ. Pulling down anything and everything that exalts itself against the will of God. See, that's what the scripture teaches us. That's part of living that quality and building that quality relationship with Christ. Now, how does this happen? He said, well, okay. All right, pastor. How does, how does this happen? Well, simple. John chapter four, verse 24. God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's how it happens. In the spirit and in sincerity from a right heart where we bring our flesh under subjection and, and we consecrate ourselves before God and we, and we live with that priority in our life. And so I have a question for you. Do you know how much God loves you? Do you know? Do you know how much God loves you? Well, the more you know how much God loves you, the less you will ever say, man, nobody, you know, nobody I'm just all by myself. You know, it's a natural response. It's not good for man to be alone. But see, then when you know how much God loves you, he, you you'll know that one, you're not alone and God doesn't want you to be alone and you you'll learn to trust God and God will help you. He will comfort you. He's the great comforter. Can nobody comfort like God? Can nobody comfort like Jesus Christ? John 15, verse 9. Now I'm giving you some, notice a lot of our verses is coming from John. See, this is like almost a study out of the book of, of John. Notice all, most of these verses are coming from the book of John. John 15, verse 9. As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. How much did God love me? See, notice what I said. He is, he is exhausted all of his, well, I don't want to say exhausted because there's no, God does not exhaust. He is exerting his power, all of his power. 
for, for us because he loves us that much. And the Father, it says, as the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. In verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. He said, if you are keeping my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. See, see, that's linking together. If we say we love him, we will keep his commandments. And see, that's, that's where the nation, see, the, this America needs to ter- turn back to God. Because in the whole, the nation has rejected and is repudiating, you know, the commandments of the Lord. And we know historically what happens to a nation. So that's their downfall when their moral compass gets warped and broken. And so, so, so people talked about, I don't, I don't want your morality. Well, well no, what, what we want is we want God's righteousness and we want God's, you know, sanctification. And in essence, what I'm saying, we want God's love. That's part of his love. Come on, somebody say amen. I said, say amen. All right, let me give you this, uh, the second one here. So we, we looked at a few verses, that's, and that's that first principle, spiritual principle that's practical, but it's spiritual is that your relationship with God must be your top priority. So if you're going to have a, a better quality life this year in your relationship with Christ, then that must be, you got to set it, this is my priority over everything else. You know, your, your, your relationship with God, your family, so that's up at the top. Number two, let's, let's look at the second one. You have to keep your heart uh, conditioned always to hear his voice. So you have to have the right condition in your heart. You got to keep your heart. Not only you have to set the right part, but your heart has to be constantly conditioned. It's almost like, you know, uh, and when I was young, there were still black and white TVs. And I remember when the colored TV started to phase in. Uh, and, and back then, the, red, you know, the radio was more, people listened to the radio more uh, because entertainment and television. We got flat screen, HD, you know, TVs now in theaters in the home. But back then, you had to get on that radio or that, that black and white TV with the rabbit, rabbit ears. Some of you are old enough, you know what I'm talking about, this young generation, rabbit ears, what's, what's that? You had a rabbit on top of the TV, with, you know, no, they, they, we, they, there was these antennas that looked like, you know, they were kind of pointed out. And so they, I don't know how the name came, rabbit ears, but you had to tune in to get the, the channel. It was always hissy and just like the radio down, you had to tune it in. So that's what you got to do with your heart. You have to keep your heart tuned in, conditioned where you hear his voice. Do you realize, understand, you're supposed to be, God is always speaking. The question is, am I listening? God is always speaking to us. Am I listening? And so, well, if I'm not tuned in, I, you know, I'm not going to hear it. He said, my sheep hear my voice. See, God is always speaking. This is the second spiritual, spiritual practical thing we have to do. Keep our hearts tuned in. That means, that, that means you may, whatever it is that you're doing, we're doing in our daily lives that, that's keeping us out of tune. We got to learn how to, we got to ask in this time of conscience, Lord, Lord, deliver me from that. Break that in my life so I can stay in tune and tune in to your voice. And see, and this is how we learn how to please God. When we see, notice what Jesus says, I, 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 I'm doing what I see my father do. He says, I'm saying what I hear my father say. And when you keep my word, you're keeping his word. See, see, we have to we have to learn how to do what he's what, what, what we have to learn to do what he says, what he says. And, and when we do that, not only are we keeping Jesus word, we're keeping the father's word. So God is speaking 
are you listening? I said, God is speaking. The question is, am I listening? He who, now turn to John chapter 8, verse 47. John chapter 8, verse 47. He who is of God hears God's words. He who is of God hears God's word. God is speaking. Are you listening? He who is of God hears God's word. Now, I want you to listen to that. That's, now, that sounds very just simple, but it's very, very powerful. How in the world, see, if, I, if we're all he- hearing God's word, then we should be in agreement at certain levels. We shouldn't be in debate. <laughs> we shouldn't be divided. So if we are hearing God's word and we are his and we are one in Christ, then no matter where we are in the world, we should be in agreement at certain levels. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. So in other words, people who are, uh, who are not of God don't hear his verse, his, 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 his voice. It says, therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. So people who cannot hear the voice of God, the word of God, are not his. And, and so it makes me wonder, hmm, I wonder about that. How is it that we are divided at certain levels on things that God has said? Hmm. And we got to answer. We got to answer that question, don't we? So that, so that means if, if we are his, we hear his voice. And if we, are, if we are hearing his words, it says God's words. If we're hearing his words, now we have the book. We have the, we have the logos, the written word that's been, it's, it's inspired. It was, it has been given to us by God. And he, and he worked it through men and inspired them to write his words. So we have the logos, the written word given to us that becomes rima in our life. Come on now with me. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. It becomes rima in our life. And so it says that if I hear his words, then I'm, I'm his. So if I'm hearing, if we are all hearing his word and we are standing on that word and we're believing that word, then we should always be at, at agreement at certain level, we shouldn't be divided over things like, like let's just, you know, the things that's going on in our society today. And, and this, this newfound modern era uh, that's driven by socialism and the social way. We shouldn't be divided, church, Christian, over things like marriage and gender, things like that. Things that are clear in the word of God. Uh, we should be in agreement at certain level if we're hearing this word. Well, see, that was a hot one there, wasn't it? That's that you said, well, well, I don't I don't like that. Well, you know, not trying, not trying to make people not like what I say, <laughs> but this is right here in the word of God. This is part of having a quality relationship with God and making it a priority. This is part of learning how to keep my heart conditioned where I'm hearing his voice, because part of hearing his voice is so critical because that's a, that's evidence that I'm his when I hear his voice, when I hear his words. And we say it that way. A lot of people say, well, well, God spoke to me. And, and so, okay, what did he say? And they say something totally out of the left field that contradicts his word. God didn't say that to you. I can say that confidently you know, without even, you know, without even uh, trying to be, you know, not trying to be rude. But if someone says God spoke, spoke to them to do something and it contradicts his word, I can confident, confidently say God didn't speak to you to tell, tell you that. Not, not the true and living God, maybe a, a little G God or some other type of God, but not not, not God telling you that because he would never speak to us and tell us to do something contrary to what's in his word. Hebrews chapter one, Hebrews chapter one. Let's look at that. Hebrews chapter one, verse one. Are you okay out there? So we, we're dealing with the second one here, the second practical spiritual principle 
and building a quality relationship, quality life with Christ. As we go in with God, as we go into 2019, it's not just a, it's not a New Year's resolution. This is what we do. This is what Christians do every day. We should be uh, working and building our relationship, allowing God to help us and to build us and to develop us. God is speaking in my listening. Hebrews chapter one, verse one. God, who has who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. We can see that throughout the Old Testament. It was the time where the prophets were. See, the prophets in the Old Testament are not like the prophets today in the New Testament. There's, there's, there's a little bit, I mean, there's, there's not, uh, I mean, there's not someone moving like Elijah or Elijah was moving in those days. Now we have the, you know, the same spirit, the anointing and, uh, but see, there's, we see, we see a variance of difference. It's not saying that, that, uh, God can do that today, but see the scripture is going to tell you, uh, say here, there's been a shift and change on how God is communicating and dealing with mankind. In the day of old, he spoke in his various times, it says, and in various ways in the time of past to the fathers by the prophets. But now it says he in these last days has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom he also made the worlds. So it's telling us here right there, there's been a shift in the order. God changed the order on how he's communicating with us. So, we, there, so God speaks the, through his son to us today. And he's constantly speaking. So the word, I mean, most, peop, most people, and especially if you're in the church, you got a Bible. You got a Bible here. You got a Bible there. God is constantly speaking his word to us. And I'm listening. And I'm listening. He'll, he uses vessels like myself, the shepherds, like Ephesians 4. It says that he gave some to be prophets, evangelists, uh, 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 pastors, and teachers. See, prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers for the perfectings of the saints, to teach them the, to do the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You know what he's saying? That that system, see, that's, a, again, another order change from the Old Testament. Through that system of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, he said he gave some gifts unto men. Not everyone in the body of Christ have been gifted to be an apostle, prophet, uh, pastor, you know, or teacher, evangelist, or evangelist. You know, those five, um, you know, uh, I say overseeing elder gifts. He says, I give these gifts for the perfecting of the saints. Notice that. To teach them to do the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. See, all the, see that, that's a, a order change. God changed the system on how he's developing and dealing with his people. So I say to you, if you're not under that system, how can you say you're in the will of God? So you have to be under that governmental godly system of that new order that God has set in the, as we say, the New Testament era. Now in the Old Testament era, they had to, they had to be submitted under that system that God set, that, that godly structure, that placeholding system to the prophets during that time, the priests, the prophets and the priests, you know, that during that era. And see, it wasn't not the perfect will of God to give them an earthly king because God was their king. But they demanded. So sometimes be careful what you're demanding from God. God may allow you to have a thing and it may not be his perfect will. So be careful of that. Of that. Give us a king. And so God gave them. He said, OK, I'm going to give you what you asked for, but this will be your downfall. And God told them this will be your downfall. 
because, see, they rejected God as their king. So, so let's not error, but as the Bible says, let's learn from the Old Testament, from those examples, and, and watch our behavior, and watch how we think, uh, and watch, and in and, and, and doing so, we watch what we say. So let's look at John 18. Let's look at a couple more verses with this, and then we'll, we'll talk about the last one. John 18, verse 37. It's, it says, Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, said, you say rightly that I am a king for this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness of the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, hear my voice. So we got to trust him that he's speaking and that we have to tr- and then we have to be in a place where we can hear. That's where that talking about, you know, uh, tuning our hearts to hear his voice voice. Uh, you know, God is speaking in my listening. So we got to trust him. And then that, that, that he's speaking, that God will speak. He's speaking and that he will speak. That when we acquire the Lord and we, we're petitioning the Lord, we're seeking the Lord for, for wisdom and understanding. We have to trust him that he will speak. And then we have to be in a posture where we can hear. John chapter 10. Let's look at a couple more verses here. And then we'll talk about um, uh, the, the last principle. John chapter 10, verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Now, you didn't realize a lot of verses in here. Now, I got more verses that I can keep going with this. But because of time, you know, I, you know I'll just give a few more. But there's a lot more verses. And notice that most of these verses we're pulling out of John. It says, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep and, and the sheep follows him for they know his voice. See, we should, if we're truly his and our heart is tuned in the right place, see, we will follow Christ in all matters. I said in all matters, in all ways of life. And, and this is, again, the benchmark. This is, again, how we judge a thing or where we are. This is how we, when we're looking at things in the, in the world, this is how we judge. It's because, see, there's, there's God's viewpoint and then there's man's viewpoint. I said, there's a God viewpoint and then there's a man uh, viewpoint so we, uh, there, and society's viewpoint. So we want God's viewpoint on everything. And so this is why I encourage, uh, encourage uh, all believers. I encourage you. you see, you, this is why you want to stay in church. You want to stay in fellowship. You want to stay in prayer uh, and, and, and learn a place where you're learning the word of God, learning God's word, learning how to be that Christian where iron is sharpening iron, iron. Not, and not just be a part of church because they got a great building, great stuff. You know, we always striving to have, you know, you know, great things in life, a great building, great stuff. But see, that's not why you want to go to go to church. We're moving into a, a new facility. That's not why you want to go. Oh man, they, they got a new facility. So I'm gonna come to church. No, that's not why you want to come to church. You're, you're coming to church because you want to be obedient, not forsake the assemblies of yourself. You're coming for your own spiritual good. You know, sometimes we need to surround ourselves and be around, you know, believers to help us when we're going through tough times in life. So you want to stay in church. You want to stay in fellowship. You want to stay in prayer. You want to stay in God's word all the time. And so the Holy Spirit will help us and lead us in the right ways when we're, you know, tuning and and, and keeping ourselves in the right posture. It's the Holy Spirit who's our helper. Hear, it, hear what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. For, for from now you know him and have seen him. Now notice how Jesus is saying uh, that to know him is to know the Father. 
that he's the way, the truth, and the life. It's the Holy Spirit now that helps us to lead us down that right way, the way of Christ, the way of the truth, the way of life, and that's through Jesus Christ. But Philip, like most people, that he's thinking from the natural point of view, he says, Lord, show us the Father that is sufficient for us, and it will be sufficient. And Jesus said to him, have I not been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, show us the Father? See, to have Jesus is to have all of God, because everything has been invested in him. It says all the Godhead is, is, is flowing through Christ. All the God. See, so Jesus is the, is, is the face of God. And so to see him is to see the Father. It's to see him is to see the Holy Spirit. See, to have Christ is to have him. See, Christ is not Jesus' last name like our last name, King Rhodes. <laughs> no, Christ means the anointed one. So Jesus Christ means Jesus, the anointed one. See, he is the anointed one, the Son of God, who has the Spirit without measure. And it's only through Jesus Christ that we are able to receive the Holy Spirit anyway. He says, I go to the Father. And it's through Christ that the Father sends us this great promise because of Christ. Come on, somebody say amen to that. And here's the last principle. Now, there's many more verses I can, I can build on that. But here's the last spiritual practical principle I want to give you in, you know, building a quality, better, you know, uh, uh, Bible-based, biblical life, a relationship with God as we, as we continue to live our lives going into a new year. And the last one, number three is you have to learn to be a person who's constantly uh, learning to surrender your, your whole self. Uh, to, it says, love the Lord thy God with all our soul, with all our strength, with all our body. We got to love God with all of us. So we have to learn how to surrender to him completely on a regular basis. And for the most part, a lot of people are not full surrendered to God on a regular basis. They, they, they surrender their, maybe their, their lips a little bit. <laughs> God, I love you, and, and this or that, Lord, and praise the Lord. You know, we may have surrendered our lips, but didn't really give our heart over, you know, surrender our hearts and, and, our, and our soul and all of us. No, God wants all of us, not, not part of us. So we have to remember in, in this, where does our strength come from? Where do we get our abilities from? Why well, get my abilities from this and that? Okay, well, let's look at John 15, verse 5. So you got to know where your true source of strength it's going to come from. Where does your strength lie? See, John 15, verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. See, Jesus here is trying to help us realize the, the fact that without him, we can do nothing. Without him, we can do nothing. Because notice in that, I, I remember years ago as a young believer, a young minister, I was, I, had to, I was in you know, Bible school and I was writing a paper on these passages of Scripture. And, and as I was writing, I was meditating on this and I had the question that came up in my heart and I said, I just said simply, Lord, where's the Holy Spirit in this picture? <laughs> and I heard in my heart, he's the life of the vine, son. And I, the revelation just unfolded. Wow. Bam. And that's because, see, see, he's there. The whole Godhead is in operation in this, this, this parabolical description. He says, I'm the vine. 
you know, you're the breast, the father is the husbandry. And so you know what? The Holy Spirit is the life that flows out of the branch. That's why we, the fruit that we bear is God fruit from the life of the spirit that flows out of the branch, out of the vine itself. And so without the life of Christ, you know, how can I be part of the, 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 the family of God? So, so, we, so our dependency, see where does my strength lies? That's where it should lie. Not, I should, you know, see, because if, if I totally rely, if, or we're totally relying on what we can taste, see, touch, or smell, or just our viewpoints alone, our passions alone, see, th that is not a reliable source to, to come to final conclusions. So that, that's part of, you know, what, in our life, our experience and things like that. But see, we have to have that insight that only comes from above. And that's where it's seen, that, and that's through Christ. Where does my strength lie? Here's where it lies. And that's the place you got to get into of learning to surrender completely to him where, see, you draw your ultimate strength from him. Jesus is our model. Look at Jesus when he came into the earth. His ultimate strength came from the Father. And we have to learn to depend on God for everything. So we have to learn to depend on God for everything. So if, if that's the, the journey, learning to depend on God for everything. And the more I depend on God, the less I fret about things in life. The, the, the less I get fearful about the things in life. The, the less I get shaken by the things in life. The more I learn to depend on God, for, on Christ Jesus for everything. John 6 verse 57 as the living Father has sent me, and I, it says, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. That is powerful. Wow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen to that. He says, he who feeds on me will live because of me. See, that's how Jesus lived. His strength lied, rested in the Father. See, we have to learn to completely depend on him for everything. See, we got to realize that the Lord does not just gives, gives us life. See, listen to this point. He doesn't just gives, gives us life. He is our life. So that's what it has to be. See, he doesn't just give me life. He's, he is my life. So I, I have the question for us. Is he our life? <laughs> See, we, only we know that. Is he really my life? See, God will give me everything that I need, everything that I need so I can be completely satisfied with him. Everything that is good and, and right in my life is because of the goodness of God. I, I, I'm, I'm so, th everything that's good and right, God is, 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 is because of him. John chapter 9, verse 33, if, if this man were not from God, he could not do nothing. So this is when the dispute uh, it was coming up and people were disputing and they said, well, this man, Jesus couldn't do the things he, he did if he wasn't from God. See, God will give you everything you need. And this is what a, a spiritual gift is all about. A spiritual gift is a supernatural empowerment to, to help us accomplish the work of God. That's what spiritual giftings is about. It's a spiritual empowerment. It's supernatural to help us accomplish the works of God. So we all of us have different giftings and and talents and skills. See, skills and talents from the earthly self is different than spiritual giftings. See, we, we can develop skills and talents. And a lot of times we can see that through, through like in the early part of Genesis, Cain, 
a lot of skills and talents and innovation happen under Cain's, uh, you know, lineage. Uh, but doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's, it's a spiritual work or per se, you know, God is involved because this our, God created us to function. We're made in the image and likeness of God. So there's a lot of people who is developing skills and talents without God. So don't mix skills and talents with spiritual giftings because there's different spiritual giftings are way more powerful, <laughs> way more awesome because the spiritual giftings are supernatural empowerments to accomplish the work that God gives us. But let me, t let me let you in on another little revelation about spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts, when you function in them, can develop talents and skills in a natural way. <laughs> So a lot of my natural talents and skills that was developed was the result of the spiritual gifts that God gave me and that he gives us. And so, so but don't mix the, the, the two together. So God gives us what we need and we got to learn to to depend upon him for everything, learning to surrender uh, to him. So it's a learning process, learning to surrender to him, learning to run on God's. I like to say this way, God's power, not manpower. You know, these, they have that commercial of the Duracell battery and, you know, their, their thing is that it, it keeps on ticking and they got that pink rabbit that is you know, constantly playing on that never runs out. Uh, see, and, and once in a, in a parabolical way, see, we, we have to run on God's path as better than any other strength source uh, in, in life, in the world. So we've got to run on God's power, not man's power. John 6, verse 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And so I'm, I'm, we're going to end right there. And we're going to pray here in a moment. See, see, three things that I, I talked about here in building a quality and better relationship with Jesus Christ. And the first one was that your relationship with God must be your top priority. Secondly, we talked about how you have to keep your heart uh, dialed in in the right place to always hear condition tuned in to hear God's voice. And then lastly, we talked about you have to learn how to surrender your life completely to him. Yeah, and we and we looked at each one of those and gave some some principles on top of principles in that and some verses on that. And, and as we ended here, it says that it's the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. We put so high of a premium on this. It's one of the most absurd things that um, mankind does is when he thinks because one colors of skin makes one superior than the other. No, the flesh is the flesh and there's different shades of it. <laughs> there's light, there's dark, you know, there's darker, there's medium. But see, the flesh profits nothing. And so we have to learn how to draw our strength from the spirit that gives life. And, says, and the words that he speaks to you, they are spirit and life. See, and his word is spirit and life to us. So and in closing, I, so I want to challenge you and exhort you. So we have to learn to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That'd be the last ver ver verse I'll give you, Hebrews 12 and 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before, uh, that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It says the joy that was set before him, that he despised the shame. We were that joy. See, he was able to embrace that cross out of the love for the father and out of the love for his people. 
and he despised the shame. And so we need to set the joy of Jesus before us and we need to despise all the shame. And we, we need to build and continue to build quality lives and be a spiritual people, a royal priesthood, not a natural and carnal church and no, a spiritual people hungry for God. And, and so, come on, let's go higher in our worship when we gather in the assembly. Let's not make it about the band. You know, oh, we got a great band. It's like nowadays, it's all about, you know, we, we like competing with the world. We got our rock, rock and roll, urban, whatever style of music. And it's, about, it's like we're, we're going to a concert every week, you know. Let's not make it about that. Let's go higher in our worship and our seeking the faith. When we come together uh, and from our hearts in the sin with a pure, it says, let us lift up holy hands with our wrath and doubting and let us ascend you know, uh, before God and as we come together so that he may inhabit, that God will be well pleased and that his glory will fill the temple. His glory will fill the earth, his glory filling the church. Come on, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we worship and we praise you for your holy, your high and lifted up. Oh, blessed be your holy name, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I worship you, I bless your holy name. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I worship you, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, for your living word. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you for your living word. Glory and honor be to you, O King of kings and Lord of lords. Oh, I worship you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I worship you, Lord. We worship you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we do not be hearers only, but doers of your word at the highest level. Lord, I thank you for all the good and wonderful things you are doing for us. You have done for us. Lord I, Lord, I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, as we set time aside and consecrate ourselves before you, I, I, I give you thanks that you're not one who is deaf in your ear, you're not, you're not short in your hand, Lord, but you hear the, the prayers and the petition and the cry of your people. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I welcome you, continue our great helper, our great, uh, our great uh, advocate, and Lord, I pray for each and every one of us, Lord Jesus, that we walk in the light and not in darkness. Thank you, Jesus, for your broken body and your shed blood, your blood that washes our sins as water as snow, that purges our conscience from dead works. Lord, if there's anyone that's listening right now who does not have a right, quality, authentic relationship with you, Lord, we pray for them right now, Lord, Lord that they, Lord, right now will confess their fault. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. And, and, and Lord, that they were right now, just, just say, if, you're, if there's anybody listening that you don't have a right relationship, just ask him to forgive you of your sins. And say, Lord Jesus, I receive you. I thank you for saving me. I believe that, that God sent you, that he loved me so much that he sent you to die on that cross and that, that uh, you died and you were buried and you resurrected in new life. I believe that you are the son of God. I receive you and I thank you for saving me. And that's where it starts there. You repenting of your sins, you're receiving Christ and you ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit. So Lord, I pray for each and every person, whether they're a new believer right now, a new person receiving you now, or Lord, or, or one who has been walking with you, Lord, that we be filled with your spirit overflowing. Those who have not yet, Lord, 
experience the fullness of your baptism, Lord, that, Lord, they come into the fullness of your baptism of your spirit. So, Lord, we worship you and we praise you and we thank you. And we say, Lord, may you always be pleased to dwell in the midst of us. May you always encamp round about us. May you always give us your peace, Lord Jesus. May, may you always, Lord, be uh, uh, pleased to dwell in the midst of us. And only unto you who is able to keep us from trips, slips, and falls, and to present us faultless before the presence of your glory with exceeding joy. To you alone, God, is wise. Be glory, dominion, power, and majesty, both now and forever. We say with heartfelt conviction as we are dismissing here. Now, I want to tell you now, before we dismiss, before we go, that be on the lookout. We're going to send. So the goal is to have our grand opening coming this Sunday. So be on the lookout for an email uh, and, and we'll have it posted on the you know, time, you know, where, where, where the address and how to get there, etc. We're working diligently trying to get the place ready. So uh, the goal is to be there one way or another to have our grand opening. So be on the lookout for the information. Come on, let's say it together. We walk by faith and not by sight. I call you.